Support for this episode comes from Cowcat Black Box Theatre, presenting Billy, Backstage with Lady Day, a two-act musical play written and performed by Emmy Award winner Cynthia L. Hardy. Cowcat Black Box Theatre presented three sold-out performances of Billy Backstage with Lady Day in July of 2021. And now, backed by popular demand, Billy will play four performances, December 14, 15, 16, and 17. Billy Backstage with Lady Day combines storytelling and song to capture the essence of Billy Holiday's music and life. Featuring a jazz quartet, the show is part documentary, part concert. Don't miss this award-winning show, winner of two NAACP awards for Best One-Person Show and Best Musical Director. For more information and for tickets, visit www.calcapblackbox.com or call 916-706-2000. And now for today's show. On today's episode, we talk to Shelley Blanchard, Executive Director of Cordova Community Council. I went to Michigan State University, oh, okay. which is where I got my journalism degree. Okay. So you have a degree in journalism? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that was, you know, go green. Yeah. I'm a Spartan, uh, and I just loved that too. So. so did you go to get a journalism degree with the view of becoming a journalist? I did. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about, I was sort of in, in high school, the big news story was Watergate. And who were the superheroes of the Watergate right. years? Woodward. Well, it was uh, Woodward and Bernstein right. and uh, the journalists. Right. So that really captured my imagination. Yeah. The Cordova Community Council was founded in 1959 as an organization of organizations a forum for citizens to meet, dream about the future, and plan community celebrations. Shelley and I discussed how the events she is responsible for come to fruition and the amount of organization that goes into making them the successes they are. We also found out that Shelley started out her career as a political journalist in Washington, D.C., and how she moved to California to become the editor of a local newspaper. She gave us a sneak peek, without going into detail, about the exciting celebrations and events she has planned to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the incorporation of the city of Rancho Cordova, and we got to know Shelley along the way. I really enjoyed speaking with her, and I hope you enjoy the show. Is it true that Cordova Community Council was founded in 1959? It is true. Wow. Yeah. The Cordova Community Council uh, was actually founded by the same people who founded the Cordova Recreation Park District and then the Rotary Club. So if you can imagine sort of a nice little rural area and you're organizing a town, the first thing the guys in charge do is they form a Rotary Club, right? And the next step was, well, uh, we can do a park district, so let's form one of those. And they did. And when they were done with that, they said, uh, gosh, we probably ought to have a Chamber of Commerce. 
Um, but before they did that, what, they said, what are we going to do with all these churches and Boy Scout troops and who's going to put on the fireworks on the 4th of July? And so they formed this very unique organization, which they called the Cordova Community Council. Wow. And that's but how it started. Rancho Cordova wasn't a thing, though, was it? Oh, no. You're you're quite right. Um, it had was blossoming into a place called Rancho Cordova because of the space race. Okay. And Aerojet was here. Mather Air Force was here. So uh, those two bookends between that, a whole bunch of houses were being built. So what is Cordova Community Council? What is the elevator pitch? Yeah, well, uh, the elevator pitch, when people ask me that question, is I usually say, we are here to help you fall in love with your city. And uh, that, in a lot of ways, is really true. What we um, endeavor to do is bring people together to build a really vibrant and robust place to live, to to present the memory-making experiences that make Rancho Cordova a really special place to live. Wow. And we do that with, you know, um, all of our public events that right. we have. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize we are the organizers of the Rancho Cordova Athletic Association and the Rancho Cordova Interfaith Council and the Rancho Cordova Arts Council. Wow. So, okay. you know, we reach into a lot of different corners of the community. And we're going to get into all of that. Oh, good. How did you get involved with the organization? Okay. Well, I was um, the editor of the newspaper here in Rancho Cordova for about 50 years. And, uh, you know, being the editor of a newspaper in sort of a a cozy town like Rancho Cordova, it's kind of like being the country doctor, you know. You write people's birth notices, you you sit with families and write their obituaries, you're there when the Little League home run is hit and the little kid gets his uh, picture in the paper. And we really covered up the refrigerators of Rancho Cordova for a long time. Now, newspapers sort of you know, went, you remember what newspapers are, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they were sort of on their way out. So, um, well, they're still there. They're just two pages. Now. Yeah, right. Well, day, I could, see, yeah, was, when, once yeah. I could see what was happening there, um, I was sort of thinking about making a move in the city of Rancho Cordova said, hey, we're thinking we need, now that we're a city, people have great expectations that it's going to be fun and whatever. Would you be interested if we were to provide some startup funding to come over and take Cordova Community Council and let's see what you can do with it? And how long ago was that? That was um, about Mm -hmm. 18 years ago now. So you've been in the same position 18 years? Yes. I was their original executive Executive director. director. I'm still standing. Wow. That's very (laughs) impressive. Okay. Um, How many people work with you? How many people run? I'm going to refer to it now as CCC because it's a mouthful. Absolutely. So how many people work with you at CCC? We have uh, three of us who work in the main office, and then we have Cheryl Gleason over there at the MAC, which is one of our um, projects as well. So right now there's four of us. We're usually a team of five, and we're we're looking forward to growing, actually. We are some of our auxiliary activities are growing so much that we're going to need to expand. But you put on very big events, so you must have an army that does that. But we're going to get to all of that. Okay. And there's definitely a lot more questions for you about CCC. Mm -hmm. But you are definitely very well known in Rancho Cordova and beyond. (laughs) And a lot of our listeners probably know you, but there are some who do not know Sherry Blanchard. So we're going to introduce you to them. 
So let's go. Tell us where you were born and tell us about your early life. Well, um, I was actually born in Great Lakes Naval Hospital. My uh, dad had been stationed in Korea um, after uh, uh, after the Korean conflict. They so where, where is Great Lakes Naval Hospital? That's in Chicago. Chicago. Okay. But shortly after I was born, I really consider home and growing up. I grew up in a small town on Lake Superior in Michigan. Okay. You cannot go further north than where no, I live. Yeah, I know yes, where that is. Yes, it's yeah. uh, in. I'm a Uper which is uh, the name given to people born in the UP of Michigan and lived there. So okay. that's where I grew up. You grew up there. And tell us about your parents. Who were they? What did they do? Well, my dad, Bob Ling, was uh, there. He ran a, a family business that uh, was actually a sausage factory. So my dad was the hot dog king of the town wow. I grew up. And they, so uh, would that other be a things. butcher? No. no? Um, it was actually a manufacturing oh, okay. company, you know, where they manufactured all kinds of sausages. Come from a German background. And that was his there. company? Uh, it was my family business, oh, okay. yes. Um, my mom, I was one of five kids, and my mom... Mom had her hands full, so my mom was, she was a, a housewife. Yeah, stay the home, at home job. mom, exactly. Yeah. So, and you went to school there. I did. I grew up, uh, went through all school through at Mar- in Marquette, Michigan, and uh, then left there to go to college. But um, I always say the greatest advantage I ever had in life was growing up in that town with great parents. Yeah, just a fabulous. Is it a big town? Oh, 20,000. Oh, okay. But, you know, honestly, up there, that was considered the big city. Right, right. (laughs) It was a a small town among very tiny towns. And uh, And did you like school? I loved school. Yeah, were you good? You were a good student? I was a good student. I was in everything I possibly could be in. It won't surprise you to learn I was a cheerleader, I'm sure, Um, which was great training for Cordova Community Council, for sure. Right. Uh, but uh, I loved school, and uh, I cried like a baby when I had to go. Wow. Did, where did you go to college? I went to Michigan State University, oh, okay. which is where I got my journalism degree. Okay. So you have a degree in journalism? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that was, you know, go green. I'm yeah. a Spartan, uh, and I just loved that, too. So. so did you go to get a journalism degree with the view of becoming a journalist? I did. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about, I was sort of in, in high school, the big news story was Watergate. And who were the superheroes of the Watergate right. years? Woodward well, it was and, yeah. uh, Woodward and Bernstein right. and uh, the journalists. Right. So that really captured my imagination. Yeah, yeah journalists, I like journalists. They're, they're my one of my favorite you know the the well-known journalists sure. like Woodward and Bernstein they're they're fascinating people and very very smart people well you know uh, the thing I loved the best uh, I had a 30-year journalism degree I did many things but it was like this uh, passport to everywhere right and um, there's a little rock star uh, you know panache to all of that but you just everybody wants to talk to you wow and it's a wonderful so thing so when you left college did you get into journalism i, I did my uh when i uh, started at my hometown newspaper in marquette michigan right. uh very quickly um spent spent about three years kind of learning the trade there in that it was purchased by a big conglomerate uh-huh. and the conglomerate uh was called thompson newspapers it was actually owned by um 
uh, Lord Thompson of Fleet. <laughs> I owned uh, 158 American newspapers. And uh, uh, I competed for and won a position in their Washington Bureau. So from there, I went to Washington, D.C., wow, and I covered Congress job. and the White House. Yes. For, wow. um, for the Thompson Group. For the Thompson Group, so yes. You're, so if you did something, it would go in all their papers? Yeah, uh, some things would. Then we also had regional groups. So this morning when I'm watching that hurricane hit the uh, coast of Florida in a place called Punta Gorda, I used to write for the Punta Gorda wow. newspaper okay. in Florida. So you covered politics. Yeah, I'm, I kind of am a, a political junkie. Yeah. Um, and uh, in my current position, I try not to be political, right. but... Underneath, I'm yeah. always very interested in what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too, actually. Politics is, that's really all I it's watch a, on television. Yeah, it's a contact yeah. sport, right? American <laughs> politics is very, it's a sport. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's football, baseball, politics. Yep. Well, yep. maybe basketball. <laughs> um, so what kind of things did you cover in D.C.? So well, who was in power then? Yeah, was it Nixon? Well, it was the re end of the Reagan years. The end of Reagan. Uh-huh. And um, it was, I had um, uh, my, I started out with the farm belt. So I learned a lot about um, uh, the farm bill and price supports for commodities and that sort of thing. And then I was sort of angling for a new assignment and they gave me the coastal states. And that's where I got my first introduction to California. So I had a bunch of California papers and uh, Louisiana and then the Florida papers. And there I learned a lot, you know. So you were writing, you were the Washington bureau person for those papers. That's right. Ah. And and then uh, they then in addition to your regional beat you also had sort of a you were supposed to become a subject matter expert in a couple things. And um, I covered women's issues uh -huh. and um, and then children's issues. Okay. That was the other uh, part of my assignment. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. So um how long did you do that for? Um, I was, uh, well, my my whole uh, first journalism career lasted probably about 10 years. And you lived in D.C.? Yeah. Wow, yeah. I lived in so D.C. So when, when you, yeah, you did? I did for um, seven years. Oh, wow. Well, where, I lived, where did you live? I lived up on Capitol Hill oh, uh, nice. uh, yeah. for about half of my time there and then moved out to Arlington, yeah. right, uh, not far from the uh, Pentagon. Where did wow. you live? Okay, I'm going to tell you. So, um when I first moved there, I lived in um, Crystal City. Oh, yeah. That was the first place I right. lived. And then I moved to D.C. proper, and I lived in the DuPont Circle area. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And then I moved to Capitol Hill, uh -huh. um, and I really like Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Alexandria. Okay. And I was there for quite a while. Oh, Old Town Alexandria. That's beautiful. Yeah. In fact, my, my daughter was born at the Alexandria Hospital. Wow. So. D.C. is actually... People, I tell people that D.C. is probably my favorite American city, mm -hmm. and people are like, what? Oh, but it just is, I, because of all the reasons that I've interested in. The mm -hmm. politics is very vibrant. Right. It's got a great nightlife. I took Jose to D.C. When we were filming, mm -hmm. we were filming in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and I took him to D.C. We went for a couple of days. And oh, yeah. he, I, I think it. everybody should go to D.C. I, I, I couldn't agree yeah. more. Absolutely. Wow, okay. So, um so you were in D.C., and you were mm -hmm. working, and then what happens? Uh, then uh, uh, I acquired a husband, and... Um, Did you, like, buy him somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> 
and that girl and girls should never tell right. how that goes yeah. down right but uh, we ended up moving back to Michigan for a uh-huh. while uh, where he had a business interest and then um, and then we came to California okay uh, after that so, so I came, where in California where was your uh, first right here oh. oh no excuse me we started out in San Diego okay and then came up here about five years later I lived so. in San Diego too so Are you my brother? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you moved to California, you came to Sacramento? Uh, we eventually came here, yes. Uh, my By that time, my parents lived here, and uh, my dad had purchased the grapevine, and I came here to be the editor of the grapevine. Oh, okay. So you lived in Rancho? Lived in uh, Rancho Marietta, and then later moved to Rancho Cordova. Okay. Yeah. All right, so now we know Shelley. So yeah. now you're in Sacramento, mm-hmm. in the Rancho area. Mm-hmm. So next year, this city, Rancho Cordova, celebrates the 20th anniversary of being an independent, incorporated city. Woo! I also I happen to know that you were instrumental, <clears throat> or at the very least, very involved in that process. Is that true? I would say yes, and mostly because it was the big story. And right. I was the local editor. Right. And uh, really and truly, it was a momentous time in Rancho Cordova. Everybody was talking about this. Um, it was a time of great imagination. Uh, you know, incorporation was not easy. People think, oh, you know, we just go and you vote for it. No, it was opposed by pretty much every powerful interest that existed at the time. But... Um, but the citizens spoke nonetheless and wanted to uh, sort of control their own destiny. That's what it was about. So it's kind of fascinating. I tried to wrap my head around. So mm-hmm. you've got a so let's say now in Sacramento, you've got an area of Sacramento, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they decide that we want to be our own city. Mm-hmm. Like how does that happen? How does it come about? It's a really um, complicated process. It's difficult, and it should be difficult. Yeah. I used to say, yeah. you know, changing your form of government should not be simple. It should be deliberate. Um, what I would say is, think of it this way, Charles. Uh, the Sacramento area has five county supervisors, and your county supervisor might also um, have another city in it, right? And that was the case here. So like, if local citizens say, we don't want a certain thing happening here, you're one your guy or a woman has one vote out of five. And uh, here in Rancho Cordova, there was a lot of feeling that there was a sort of a dumping of um, uh, unpopular programs happening in this area. Um, there were some juice bars opening. There was there were just a lot of things that people said, you know, hey, we don't want this here, but we only had one vote out of five. And that really sort of ignited the idea that, you know, we should become our own city. So we have five people who only care about us. And that has that really caught people's imagination. Right. But how did they how do they draw the border? Like, how do they know where? Well, it is? You, you, you the the process is kind of like this. You submit a, pos, a petition to an organization called the Local Area Formation Commission, LAFCO. And they review it, and then um, there's a lot of negotiation about the borders. But then you have to go out and you have to collect signatures of a certain percentage of the people who live there to put it on the ballot to even have a vote. So in Rancho Cordova, they tried several times many years 
earlier in the 70s, and then the law changed and made it more difficult. But on this last this last try, uh, there was a lot of pressure. Rancho Cordova was not heading in a good direction. Most people felt the Air Force Base had just closed and Aerojet was downsizing and like, wh- what's going to happen here? So uh, some very um, charismatic leadership arose and uh, said, we're going to collect these signatures wow. and we're going to put this on the ballot. And they did. So who was the call team? I would say um, Dave Roberts arose as sort so of So Dave the, Roberts ended up being the mayor, right? He was our first and mayor. He was, unfortunately, he died yeah, he on the did. jog. Yes, yeah. just very um, suddenly and unexpectedly. Right. I would say he became sort of the uh, face of the campaign. Okay. But Bob McGarvey had been yeah. at it for some time. David Sander, who was very wow. new in town. He wow. was this he fresh was, face. Wow. Linda Budge uh, was a long-time well-known Kurt person. Kurt Haven, for sure. Kurt Haven was definitely the uh, key. He was the uh, CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, so brought that in. So the two organizations that really led the whole thing were the Chamber of Commerce and, ta-da, yeah, the Cordova wow. Community okay. Council, which at the time was led by a local pastor. And um, when we had the city manager, Cyrus, mm-hmm. here a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we were talking about this, and all of a sudden, he would say, yeah, number four. And right. I thought, what? And, I, and I let it, but then I went back and I said, what, what is number four? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, that's the number of the, the fourth, emp- oh, he was number four. He was number four, And yes. he said, oh, I was the fourth employee. So then I said, well, who was number one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was Kurt Haven. Right. So wait, are you a number? Oh, no. I never no, was employed never by the city. The... No, I so was the was journalist. So I was keeping their five. feet to the fire. So let's go to five. So Kurt Haven is one. Do you know yes. who number two was? Uh, I would guess, um, oh, gosh, I'd be taking a wild guess. Yeah. I, there was a time I knew all that. And three, you don't know. Uh, but, but four is but no, the, we know the, Cyrus. The, yeah, the, the early employees were... Um, you know, Kurt Haven, then they had an interim city manager. He was sort of a range rider who right. was temporary. We had a um, certainly a city attorney early on, and uh, Cyrus came in early yeah. on well, in, for four. public yeah. works. Right. We had an interim police chief. Because um, wow. when you think about think about what it was, it's such an interesting life to yeah. to build a city oh, from the I, ground I, up. I, I'm with you there. Yeah, it's and having you know, yeah. like how do you set the culture? You're not saddled with a hundred year old bureaucracy right. uh, or anything. You can really do some beautiful things. Right. So the whole time you were the editor of the Grapevine, right? Line, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And we're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, and then so. You didn't. So I heard you the other day speaking about the old city hall. Yes. And yes. Cyrus told me that it was um, leased by the city from the fire department. Mm-hmm, yeah. So were you at that city hall? Oh, uh, no. Or were you not there? No, yet? I was just. I was just a you would journalist. Just go in and out. Yeah, that's yeah. where they'd have their meetings. Um, as a journalist, you know, we right. had something new to cover, <laughs> and so everything was coverable. Well, let's go to. Um, 
to the grapevine. So tell mm-hmm. us about that. So your dad owned the paper. Right. The grapevine had been around since uh, 1969 and had been around a long time. My dad actually had come here to uh, run a cable television um, service for Mather Air Force Base and um, uh, other Air Force bases in the area. And uh, when those well, that were... That was a switch, right? From the, right, yes. From the sausage yes. factory. Mm-hmm. To television, yeah, right. Wow. Uh, came out here to do that, and uh, and he just had always had an interest. My dad was a fantastic writer. I'm from a family of writers, and um, I don't know. He just kind of bought it on a whim, wow, okay. actually, and found out that you know, it's newspapers don't really actually. Um, run themselves right. <laughs> you kind of have to know uh, a few things i guess and oh i have this daughter who happens to have a degree and has been doing this for a while and i was ready to get back to work okay. i had taken some time off to have a couple kids so did you shape the grapevine did you when you went there did you yes i did yeah. Wow. I'm very proud okay. of um, how our work at the Grapevine and how we made it so relevant and important in the Cityhood Drive. Right. And uh, because I would imagine any newspaper in this region has to be political because of the mm-hmm. state capital and being the capital. Was it uh, that kind of paper, or was it more community based? It was. I would say it was in some ways a, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, because my background was so. Um, uh, politically um, skewed that naturally there was this great story happening right. in that. The grapevine went on to uh, win some statewide journalism awards while I was there um, for, uh, we chronicled the closure of an Air Force base and we did a whole series of stories about the last time something was happening. The last time they were taking down a flag at the hospital. The last time that the community grew Group out there saying the Hallelujah chorus for Christmas. Uh, there was just, it was a fascinating um, journey to watch. Uh, Charles, you'd have all these people living there in the military in their very organized way. They would shut down a street at a time. Wow. So it would go from a gre- green grass to brown grass and a very, wow. very. Um, That's one thing I'm, I'm hoping to explore mm-hmm. in this, in this yes. podcast is the history because it's definitely a fascinating history. Oh, that had a humongous effect on on the kind of place Rancho Cordova was. How big of an Air Force base was it? Oh, it was large. I think there were about 15,000 people uh, working there at the the time they closed. So the planes were a plane Oh, it was a a SAC base, a Strategic Air Command base. So big B-52s, and they had a K... C-135 unit there. That's a refueling um, aircraft. And uh, they had huge, I mean, there's a lot of lore about when Cordova High School, for example, was a national powerhouse in football, how, you know, the football coach over at Cordova High would call the commander at the Air Force Base and say, we could use a couple linemen and then someone would be. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's an apocryphal myth, but. but We'll keep it true. And so, Today, how's the the uh, Grapevine newspaper changed? Because uh, well, I see it now. Yeah. And, and listen, there's no slur on it. It's very no. small, but that's just print journalism. I, yes, print. I think that uh, print journalism in general, right. it's just smaller size. Right. And that's not, frankly, people's first choice. No. Very often yeah. it's an older demographic yeah. that still picks up a right. newspaper, I think. So it is not the same publication. But I think even having 
the grapevine as it is today. I'm, I'm so proud that they've managed to kind of hang in there. And it's because, very community-based. Yes. it's. Uh, but I would say in the years we were there, it was much thicker paper, that's for sure. And, you know, it was, it was uh, delivered by kids who lived here who would come to your door and collect the $2 a month or whatever it was. I mean, it was a real community wow. yeah. institution. Yeah. First jobs for many, many no, kids. No, no, I mean, at the internet. I mean, these guys yeah. who work with me, you know, they're young. If yeah. I want to punish them, I take their phones <laughs> and they're dead. Mean. And then another thing would be, so get, get from here to mm. L.A. without your phone. Mm-hmm. Let's see yeah. how they do that. Right. They probably couldn't. <laughs> but they You're can right. operate cameras. <laughs> So how has the city changed in the 20 years of like you've seen it from incorporation to today? Okay, that's a great question. Um, in the first years of cityhood, um, there were everything was happening for the first time. And so there was just this um, magic and electricity about everything. And they're in the city. You know, people actually remembered voting. To You know, they were very engaged because they played a part in making it happen. So any time any community event would happen, you know, everyone would turn out. Um, and there was just this enormous pride. What I think has been so great about the city is they've transformed it and really fulfilled many of the dreams of cityhood in 20 years, which is probably a small miracle. I mean, they've taken, they've paved roads, they've got a Rancho Cordova police uh, focus on Rancho Cordova. Um, the transformation is remarkable, but I think probably the most significant thing, and um, I don't know if this would be fall under your change question, but think about when you want to fight City Hall, and there is no City Hall. And now, when you have a complaint, you can. There's somewhere to go. There's someone to complain to, right. and I think that's the biggest change. Now, there's some expectation by people who have re- moved here recently that they they never experienced that before, right? Um, but that's part of growing up, yeah. and so the demands on the city have certainly increased. Uh, but the one thing I think that they have maintained is this really high high level of goals. Right. You know, we want to be the yeah. We don't want to be good. We want to be great. Yeah. And it is a, definitely a very well-run city. Yes, yes. There's, I think that uh, now what will happen over time, I'm sure, will be the same kinds of things that happened in, in other cities. But we'll want to f- we'll want to rage against that, right? right? That, that we're special. And, and the different. mayor, we had the mayor here, and he told me there's 90 employees that run the whole city. That's it. Yes. Uh, it was founded as a contract city, is what it's known in California, where you actually contract out a lot right. of uh, what you do. There's a, there's a whole bunch of great reasons to do that. So, for example, as a result, Rancho Cordova does not have these huge pension um, uh, debt problems that a lot of other cities have because when they're done, if they don't need 10 planners, they just, you know, get rid of their, their contractors to say, Hey, we just need eight instead. Or if you need 12 the next day, your provider provides them. So you've been here since the beginning, let's Mm -hmm. say, how many mayors have you worked with? 
Well, uh, I guess it's probably uh, six or seven. This, there's been a lot of, I mean, like Linda Budge has been on the council from day one, right? For the first 10 years, there was really very little change other than the fact that Dave Roberts passed away. Right. And then Ken Cooley, he moved on to higher office. Right. Um, but we've had a long time, a lot of years of very stable um, stable government here, and so... So I didn't uh, realize David Saunders has been here from the beginning as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a child. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Very young guy. I think he was in his early 30s when he was elected. Okay. But he's brilliant and yeah. um, was, uh, yeah, one of the originals. So which is your favorite mayor? Just oh, to put you on the spot. Oh, that's... They're not uh, listening. They're, it doesn't matter. The, who's ever the mayor at the, at time, the time is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Typical political answer. <laughs> so now let's talk about something else that you're very involved with, and I've become very familiar with the MAC. Oh, yes. So let's talk about the MAC. So does Cordova Community Council oversee the MAC? Yeah, we are the operational arm of the MAC. The MAC building is a historic building, one of only a couple buildings built in 1911, I believe, along uh, the famed uh, Lincoln Highway in right. Rancho Cordova. So before we talk about the MAC, mm -hmm. let's talk about the building, because okay. I know that yes. has some unique history. Right. Now it sits on um, Folsom and Mather, mm -hmm. but it never it, that's not where it started, right? No, it's it. this is its third location. Wow. Um, and the, the latest relocation was a great story for the Grapevine yeah, and every yeah. other so news organization. Yeah. I, I know a little. But. It had been kind of stashed um, across the street and was owned by Rayleigh's. I don't know why Rayleigh's owned it. I should remember that. And they had decided that it was time for the wrecking ball for that old building. Wow. And Linda Budge said, oh, no. And she was just an ordinary busy citizen and she um, said we are not going to wreck this building and she led a, a local um, uprising to save the mill station building but she pretty much really uh, did it single-handedly I want to give her real credit she wasn't for on that. the council then oh no we didn't have a city then oh, even okay. this is before this the is city yes okay yes but she she did the research and the history of the building and um, she had uh, uh, some influence, uh, you know, friends of influence in, in the county government to help her. And uh, she talked them into relocating it to its current um, siting uh, at the mill station, um, light rail station, and become, the idea was it would become a light rail station. That part of it never really caught on, but it did save one of only two or three historic buildings in our city. So good for Linda. When they uh, moved that, Charles, it was a fascinating thing. I mean, people came from far and wide yeah, to so watch how? them roll it. Literally, they put it on wheels and they got so it they on. So they just pick it up? They, well, Unplug all not, the not with people, with no, machines, no, 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 with but machines. yeah. And Unplug they all the services. Yes, exactly. And then they put it on uh, wheels and then they rolled it into place right down Folsom Boulevard. Wow. Had to poke up all the low hanging, you know, uh, overhead lines and all that sort so of stuff. Oh, it was a total event. It was wow. in a, early on a Sunday morning. It was really cold. I do remember that. And they were doing it on a Sunday morning because no one would be there. Well, that's not how that went down. I mean, everybody. 
everybody and their brother from Sacramento County was there. It was a very big deal. And then they put it in its place, and the first thing they did was strip off absolutely everything uh, around that building, with the exception of there's some uh, gingerbread uh, Uh sort of shake shingles. If you look up high, and those stayed, but everything else came off, and new stuff came on. It was very, it was really wow. fascinating. And that's where it is now. And that's where it is now. So what is the MAC? For anybody who doesn't, let someone listening to this in San Diego. Yes. What well, is the MAC? The Mills. So what does it stand for? It, MAC stands for Mill Station Arts and Culture Center. Okay. So it was envisioned um, to be a sort of an art gallery, a oh. home for the arts, a home for some history, um, and a place to celebrate our local culture. And who and, came up with that idea? Well, um, there had been a desire on the part of the Cordova Community Council, certainly for some time, to have a home for art, uh, have a home for um, history. We also uh, were in charge of the Historical Society. Um, there was uh, veterans groups wanted to be able to celebrate their heritage. So I would say... Um, we took that idea to um, Supervisor Don Natoli. He was the first one we spoke to. And they were looking to actually put us with this idea out at a building out at Mather. And we showed up at that building. It happened to be a very rainy day, and we literally fell through the floors. It, the building was falling apart wow. so bad there was water coming in. And um, we kind of turned to Don Natoli and said, what about? that mill station building, which really was not being used for anything. Cyrus Abhar was um, really struck with that idea as well, the city manager in Rancho. And so um, he uh, really helped champion that with its, the building is owned by Sacramento Regional Transit on which uh, Donna Tully served, Linda Budge now serves, and uh, the city of Rancho Corta stepped right in and said, we will pay for the upgrades to the interior, and did. And so the facility, we've got, now we've right. got a great place, yeah. right? Now what do we do with it? Exactly. And so they turned to the Cordova Community Council and said, well, here you go. Yep. <laughs> we Good would job. like to hire you guys to bring it to life. Wow. And so we will. That's uh, a real fun project. Oh, it is a fun project. Yeah. And we happen to find the right person yeah. uh, in Cheryl Gleason so to lead us So she's been there from there. the beginning? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, early on, for sure. Yeah. In um, fact, we'll have Cheryl to talk all things Mac. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave I'll leave the, some of those fun details yeah. for her to tell you. But uh, we will be celebrating the fifth year anniversary next month of the Mac. Wow. And it has been truly um, a catalyst for many arts activities now. Because when you give something a home, it's amazing what happens. Right. So we'll have Cheryl tell us mm-hmm. in detail, but from your point of view as the CCC, mm-hmm. right. what does the MAC do? The MAC, well, again, gives the arts a place to call home and history a place to call home. So we always try to have at least one history, Rancho Cordova-based history activity each year. We just had one uh, celebrating our wonderful sports legacy right. about a month ago. Um, but it, you know, a home, a football team does better when they have a home field. And the arts needed a home field, too. And that has really 
uh, given rise to a place. We have wonderful docents and volunteers and a place to plan ahead, a, a roof over the head of the arts, and I think has been the single greatest contribution wow. for the yeah. MAC. That would give... be fun to have Cheryl in. Mm-hmm. Here's something. I hadn't planned this question, but you just brought it to mind. Mm-hmm. Why does Rancho Cordova have such a sports thing going on? There's the Sports Hall of Fame. I see always you're always inducting people into the Sports Hall of Fame. There is a, a very good exhibit going on right now, all sport. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Rancho Cordova has uh, had, especially in the 1970s, uh, an incredible record of sending athletes to the NFL, Major League Baseball, and, you know, all the big professional sports. It was a magical place in the 70s around here, wow. probably because, think about this, you had this influx of people coming from the Air Force, you know, and people coming in and out, and then you had a town full of uh Rocket scientists, literally, <laughs> you know. So it was a very special place, and sports, uh, team sports, very uh, important, you know, to a high school, that sort of thing. And um, over the years, uh, that sports legacy is really, um, really important to preserve and also to inspire the next group coming along, right? You are part of a big team of people for 50, 60 years have been doing some great things. What are you doing? So the Sports Hall of Fame, the Rancho, do -hmm. you oversee that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's part of the that's CCC. part of yeah, yeah. That's part of one of our things we do okay. as, uh, through uh, the Rancho Cordova Athletic. So we're going to run definitely going to be one of our longer shows. But tell me, <laughs> as long as you have time, sure. But how do how do you pick them? Like how does that work? Well, we uh, recruit. We have I call them my blue ribbon panel of sports experts from the local area, and they include you know award winning coaches, award winning athletes, wow. and uh, they meet year round and. Uh, people make nominations and they make nominations and we do um, exquisite research on everybody and every year we start out saying who are we going to induct well, what this is the year? criteria they have to be from here uh, they have to have a, a significant and relevant connection okay. so you you had to either grow up here or uh, you uh, moved here at some point um, and a lot of uh, character is important in their, your selection. So every now and then we'll get someone who is a wonderful sport athlete, did three sports in high school and was the top, but didn't go on in the sports world, but, hey, went on and became a four-star general oh, in the Army okay. or, or Air Force usually here, um, or went on and, you know, pioneered something else. Because, uh, but they look back and they say, you know, I lear- what I learned in Rancho Cordova playing Little League served me for a lifetime. And wow. we hear this all the time. Okay. Yeah. I was talking to Pal today because mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a program, and you definitely mm-hmm. know Tina because she oh, told absolutely. me she knows you. Yes. And there was the uh, the other officer is Jason. Do you know him? Yes, I yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that um, the Rancho Pal has one of the best baseball yes. teams in the yes. country in that 
organization. Yes. In fact, Jose de la Cruz, who started that, was just inducted into the Rancho Cordova Sports Hall of Fame this year. Because of that, they have one of the top PAL uh, Junior Giants baseballs. Yes. Well, I mean, that's just the thing, you know. That's what I'm hoping this does. Yeah. As you start scratching beneath the surface, what you find in Rancho Cordova is absolutely inspiring. Well, this is a good point in the show to talk about the many events. Now we're going to talk mm-hmm. Cordova Community Council and what you organize and what you put on. Yeah. But first, we're going to take a quick break. This podcast is brought to you by the CalCap Film Studios in Rancho Cordova. Video is one of the most progressive and cost-effective ways of getting your message seen and heard. It's hands down the best way to capture your audience and generate sales in today's digital world. CalCap Film Studios provides corporate, industrial, and commercial video production services that will propel your business towards success in today's digital frontier. At CalCap Film Studios, we know what you need and will inspire your audience with a message that's unique to your brand and business. For more information, call 916-706-2000 or visit www.calcapfilmstudios.com. And we're back with the Rancho Cordova podcast. And today we're speaking with Shelley Blanchard, who is the executive director of Cordova Community Council. Shelley, before the break, we talked about the MAC. So now let's talk about what you do best, and that's putting on the many fabulous events here in our city. And a couple of them are very large. So I'm going to go through a few of them, and maybe you can tell the listeners how they came about, how they're organized, and what they actually are. Okay. So let's start with the big one. We've we've talked about it. We've talked about it a little bit. The big one that opens tomorrow, and that's the Heartstoppers Haunted House. Right. Heartstoppers is a partnership we have with a wonderful group of um, uh, gruesome uh, volunteers uh, with Theater Nerds is the name of the. It's a non five hundred one c three nonprofit. Called Theater Nerds. And they call themselves Theater Nerds. Okay. And they are into theater, obviously, but they their genre is horror, right? Uh, we started working with them years ago down in Hagen Park, and it just kind of caught on so much that we uh, be- moved over to the Mineshaft Building, which in an odd sort of turn of events, uh, the owner there uh, allowed us to come in. He liked us. He, and eventually ended up donating all of that property to the Cordova Community Council, all because of this love affair we developed for each other. So you own the building. uh, Yes, we own the building and all that, uh, 11 acres. Yes, it it was uh, one of the largest... uh, uh, charitable donations in Sacramento County in 2018 because yeah. it was a eight that, million dollar yeah, yeah, yeah. donation. Yeah. But at any rate, Heartstoppers, <laughs> you can imagine how fun it is to do Heartstoppers at that rickety old haunted right. building. It's not rickety really. Right. It's a perfectly safe building, but it's it in inside. There's huge beams, and it's just very. Um, there's a basement downstairs that used to be a a teen dance hall, but it's dark, and we have just just a great time with that. So we have Heartstoppers is open 13 nights. There's a, a four different haunts, and um, it is the only 
fundraiser that the Cordova Community Council does for itself all year long. So um, we uh, put a lot of effort into it, and it's beautifully scary, and we're sure the mine shaft is haunted to begin with, so... Is it a different theme every year, or it's pretty Um, much the same? It's pretty much the same. We have usually one new thing every year. This year, the outdoor haunt has changed uh, significantly, and um, the our our partners at Theater Nerds they're very detailed almost in a Disney style, you know, they spend a lot of time finding artifacts and it's just really, wow. really, really scary. We and don't even recommend kids under 12 come, no. though some parents do bring them. Wow. <laughs> and I know because you did the, um, during the pandemic, and we're going to touch mm-hmm. on the pandemic, um, you did the outdoor concerts there, right? Right, yes. So you have all that parking for people to yes, park? Yes, we have plenty. And believe it or not, we towards the end of the month we will park that whole parking lot in in a night yeah and you're right between Folsom and Rancho there right right Mm -hmm. yeah right in the middle everybody knows the mine chef if you grew up in the uh, Sacramento area especially in the eighties. It was the place. It was there was an arcade and a miniature golf oh. thing there, and I'm told you could there's batting cages. It was in, and it was in the middle of nowhere right. at the time. Right. So all the teenagers hung and there. And it's in Rancho, right? Yes, it's it is right in Rancho. At the, it must be right absolutely. at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now we'll just run through some events in no mm-hmm. particular order. Okay. You tell us from your point of view what they are and how they came about. Sure. So I went this year for the first time, iFest, I-Fest. which I thought was a great event. iFest was actually started by Leadership Rancho Cordova. I think it might have been the first class of Leadership Rancho Cordova. And then, of course, those students, uh, they end their class, and we thought, well, they had a tiger by the tail. So we volunteered to come in and sort of rebrand it and continue it on. So iFest is um, our event where we um, welcome our newcomer communities to come and showcase their culture. Right. And um, over and our, the goal of it is to increase understanding right. and uh, to really celebrate the very broad diversity that is Rancho Cordova. And I think we do achieve it yeah, there. No, you, it's, sure. it's kind of fun. And I mean, you'll be the, I think by the time your episode comes mm-hmm. out, it'll be the fifth episode. Uh-huh. And I've mentioned on the past four, I've mentioned this fact <laughs> that Rancho Cordova um, speaks 90 languages. Yeah. 90 languages are spoken Can you imagine? in this city. It's incredible. Yes. Well, we, uh, rather than uh, run away from all of this, uh, we embrace, embrace the it. fact yeah. that we are like, you can. Travel the world without even right. leaving town. When I was there this year, I went to a booth, and I think it was run by your guys. I'm pretty sure. They had a map, and they mm-hmm. ask you where you're from, and they put a pin on a map. Right. And I went, I was there later in the day, and the map was full of yes. pins. Yes. Isn't it interesting? It was very. From, yeah. From, that thing was eight feet wide and yeah. had hundreds of yeah. uh, tacks on it. I and couldn't believe it. I think it's just important for people to realize um no it was great and then the entertainment was from everywhere yes yes another event i went to and i thought whoa 
because the, the park, it was incredible. That was Kids Day in the Park. Yes. So tell us about that one. Kids Day is really, uh, was not begun by us, but like a lot of things. And when we came along, we were able to rescue it uh, as it was probably going to be lost. Kids Day was founded to be sort of a resource fair in Rancho Cordova. Um, in uh, We uh, moved it over to Hagen Park, and it's still a resource fair. And in fact, there's 150 different vendors there, not vendors, exhibitors, who are, you know, offering um, help for kids. But um, each year we pick a new theme, and this year it happened to be Fiesta, and so you probably enjoyed yeah. a lot of the Mexican culture while right. you were there. But uh, we get about 5,000 people come to Kids Day. Yeah, and our big, our big supporters are the Sacramento County Public Health Department and Folsom Cordova School District and, and those kinds of organizations which really love having an opportunity to interact with parents. But there's one rule. If you're coming to Kids Day and you want to be an exhibitor, you must provide a free activity for kids. Okay. So there's tons of stuff for kids right. to do. Okay. And while the kids are having fun, it's up to you to you know, offer some resources to their parents. Right. Yeah. It's when a fun I've, event. I've been here three years now. When I moved here one day, I'm driving down Folsom, and it's full of American flags. Yeah. That's you, right? That's right. That's group. us. Yes. So is that Memorial Day or is that Veterans Day? Well, during COVID, it was both. Okay. <laughs> it, uh, that, that was a, a child of COVID uh, because we couldn't right. do any gathering and right. we decided to do that. Well, which one is it really? Now it is Veterans, veterans day. day. So and tell us about that event. So yeah. you call that Veterans Day Observance. Yes. And uh, Veterans Day, we uh, put up about 300... Um, um, flags on Folsom Boulevard once again. Which since is we're, like stunning when yes, you drive down. Yeah. And what, I actually see the volunteers. They do it that's one right. at a well, time. Well, I was just going to say, you yeah. know, the part of this is to engage people right. into what it's like to do something. And, and you're doing time, it for, a, yeah. yeah, it's, you're doing it for in honor of our veterans. Right. And, um, then we also have a blood drive that day at City Hall, and we ask you to donate in honor of a veteran you know. Wow. Um, so it's become a very important yeah. blood drive in our community. On Memorial Day, we actually have a ceremony, a very moving ceremony. We hold it at the Performing Arts Center at, Center at Cordova High, and we honor uh, those who have given right. their lives in service right. to our country. And the, then you have the military involved in that one? Yes, yeah. uh, veterans. We ha we are the home of the VA hospital yeah. and Mather Veterans Village. So we have a lot of uh, Sacramento. You probably know this. Charles is one of the greatest concentrations of veterans yeah. in the country. Yeah. So um, we honor those who have given their lives. So what is the Roger Cordova Luncheon? That is, believe it or not, the Rancho Cordova Luncheon. We used to call it the Cordova Community Council Luncheon, but it's now we do it with partners, so we renamed it about 15 years ago, has been meeting every third Friday since 1969. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah, and that's at City Hall, right? And that's at City Hall. And, and who, can anybody go to that? Anybody can go. Um, you have to pay yeah. for your lunch. Well, food, yeah. Um, but, um, but anybody can go. So it's kind of a meet-in, yeah, get-to-know-people. So 
try to uh, uh, invite a newsmaker, uh, yeah. something very contemporary that sometimes it's a history topic, but um, something that you want to hear about. Right now, uh, we have we started this tradition 15 years ago, and it is a campaign tradition. Now we call it campaign whistle stop. Wow. Anybody running for anybody gets like three minutes, like yeah. in the uh, as a nod to the old campaign whistle stops wow. of of old to win your vote. So in election season, which we are now, yes. it must be really mm-hmm. busy. Yes. We, well, we have our, we uh, in September and October, we do, that's all we do is campaign whistle stop. We'll have a, about 10 or 15 candidates at wow. our luncheon okay. next month. Yeah. The big boy is July 4th. Oh, yes. That's the big one, right? Yes. So tell us about that one. Uh, Rancho Cordova, 4th of July, um, is our largest. Um, we have 25,000 tickets yeah. sold for that, and we charge $5 to come in. Right. Um, that event, that's how I got to know David Sander, who's now Councilman Sander. Right. And I was a newspaper reporter, and I was at a, a, a public meeting, I think it was at the Park District, where the people who were running the 4th of July here said, we're done, we can't do this anymore. It costs too much to figure out how to do these fireworks and everything. And I called up some of those guys who had wanted to be like a city. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you cannot figure out how to blast off some fireworks on the 4th of July, you guys, you dudes, do not have a right to be a city. So David Sander, um, Kurt Haven, Dave uh, Roberts, all those guys helped. And I said, I will be your vice president of everything. I will help you, but let's do this. And we had a s- small meeting and decided we were going to own the 4th of July before we are done. And we pretty much do now yeah. with 25,000 people. Best fireworks anywhere. Yeah. Um, Lee Frechette, we picked him up in the early years, and he's a pyro guy, and he brought us uh, really great fireworks know-how. And it has become the signature event yeah. for our city. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I haven't been because I have a dog who's terrified of fireworks. Yes. So I try well I don't leave him alone on right. fireworks I have I to go and hide right whether right. where is you know if you live in the city sure but you know it is what it is yeah um, well I hope you will find a babysitter for yeah. your dog sometime and come yeah. down because yeah. you will be amazed yeah it's, no, no, and I've next, heard. yes next year it's gonna be super went. good yeah. yeah you have to come and the Christmas tree lighting, that's yes. another big event, right? That was also a child of the cityhood movement. Yeah. And um, our, in the first year we did it at St. John Vianney Church, and I picked the biggest tree and found right. out that's really hard to- Right. That's really hard to do. but And Dave Roberts was out there helping um, organize the tree. But a lot of this, Charles, was... Um, as the cityhood movement was sort of gaining traction, people wanted to do stuff like that cities do, right? right. right? Now the city... And, and now they're big events. Yeah, they're big events now, 20 years later. And I'm from Palm Springs. I lived in Palm Springs for mm-hmm. years, uh-huh. 18 years. The biggest event Palm And Palm Springs is very similar. They have mm-hmm. a lot of events. But the biggest event they have is they call it the Festival of Lights. Mm-hmm. You call it the Holiday Lights 
drive-through, drive-through. right? Yes, yes. In Palm Springs, that attracts 100,000 people, oh, which yeah. is unbelievable. Right. But it's a big event here? It is. Um, we That was another um, response to COVID-19 because we couldn't have a Christmas right. tree lighting event. Right. And uh, we decided to so do... So that's a new event? It is new. It okay. is very new. And in fact, we will not be doing it this year because no. we have a construction project right. planned right. Um, out there at the Mineshaft property. But it was sort of a collision of having this I giant oh, okay. pa- parking lot and not being able to bring people indoors, right. but you could stay in your car. I see. Okay. So. And then you have a bunch of little, like, you have mm-hmm. the, the movies in the park, right? We, yep, we have movies in the park. We have a concert series in the park. Um, we have small events and large events. One of my favorites is the volunteer awards where right. we get to shower. You know, we have hundreds of volunteers that volunteer with us. And actually, my next question, um, you're very lucky that in CCC you have a really strong group of volunteers, right? Yes. I mean, there's yes. only four of you. You right. must rely on volunteers oh, absolutely. to help you. You cannot um, do it without volunteers. Why do you think people are so willing to to come work with you as a volunteer? Well, I think there is a tradition of volunteerism that comes with with the Air Force, having uh, been an Air Force town for so long. I think that's underpinning it. Now, some of that has, of course, faded because we're not an Air Force town anymore. We like to think people come because they make friends. Right. Uh, they're part of something bigger than right. themselves. They and get, you recognize them. Yeah, and we like we want them to have fun. We right. honor them. Right. Uh, we honor their, and we couldn't do it without them. Right. So someone's listening. They just moved here, and they think, oh, "I want to volunteer." How do they mm-hmm. do that? You just go to our website and press the button that says "Be a Volunteer." And when you do that, a nice uh, menu of all of our events pops up and say, these are the things I'm interested in. And about six weeks before that event takes place, we will contact you and say, hey, we saw you were interested in Christmas tree lighting. Well, it's six weeks away. Are you in? Wow. And then we formulate yeah. all of our big events have community uh committees that that help us design them we are about engagement yeah yeah. and uh we want people in our community to feel they own it it's not just a job for us it's a mission yeah you know don't you care more about a a something you're part of of course yeah and um you You know have some ownership in it yeah. yeah and you know i always say it's really important that the city do a good job of picking up the garbage and when there's a problem, you really want the police to show up right. and all that. But when you think about at the end of your life, why did you love to live someplace? You right. think about those nights you sat on next to your dad watching fireworks right. on the 4th of July, right. right? Or that in my town, we celebrated being a kid. Once a year, it was Kids Day, which I always say every day is kids. So you day. brought those small town values here. That's right. Yeah, this is what, what that did. where I we started my my right. upbringing in good old Marquette, Michigan. Well, That's the kind of place it was. Yeah. In fact, people often ask me, "Where do you come up with all these ideas?" Right, right. And I said, "Well, <laughs> I Michigan. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this was my life. Right. <laughs> Welcome to it." Isn't it great? So we just went through a very difficult couple of years, the pandemic, obviously. Um, right. So if you're you're an events person, so you know by definition you're bringing people mm-hmm. together. Right. So how did you cope for those two years with the pandemic? I mean, right. I know the answer to some of yeah. these questions, right. but just more for people that don't know. 
Well, that was a challenge for yeah. sure. And uh, we um, devised a lot of uh, creative ways to um, move things outside where people could enjoy something from the safety of their car. And that's how the Fol- Flags on Folsom Boulevard was born and drive-in concerts out at the mine shaft. We did a drive-in heart stoppers one year, a zombie tag. You, we, you got a gun and you shot zombies from your car. I mean, it, this really did stretch our creativity right. to the max for sure. So who sure. come up with all this? You or your well, team? Well, our, our team, team, you know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you just sit there and brainstorm? We do. We yeah. d- That's exactly what we call it. Wow. Let's do a brain dump wow. on uh, this. Right now we're doing brain dumps on the 20th anniversary, which is yeah. coming up next year. But I'll tell you, um, uh, our the other groups that we run really shined. For example, the Interfaith Council. We were, during the pandemic, we we were able to connect the city through the, our Interfaith Council with people that they knew because they were, they were not meeting as churches, but they knew people who needed help. Um, and the Rancho Cordova Athletic Association, we were able to help them. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, the groups like uh, Little League and Girls Softball, those those groups probably would no longer be with us had we not been able to hold them through um, the pandemic so that they could be here at the other end. So it was challenging, but in some ways really rewarding to, to travel that with our community. I remember we did some filming for the city during the pandemic when the state of the city was virtual. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And we went to the food bank. I remember. I've just right. reminded me. Mm-hmm. Do you? Is that part of your thing? Uh, the food we bank? are. A, we. I happen to serve on the board of directors of the food bank, so that's you know we do have a connection there for sure. Um, the Cordova Community Council is an organization of organizations, right. and the food locker has always been. Uh, very central. I really recommend you have Carrie Johnson here sometime no. to talk about the food locker. Um, so yeah, we we are there to support the other nonprofits in our right. community. They're our members, right? And uh, different kinds of times call for different kinds of groups to be right. Step forward. Do you work closely with the Chamber of Commerce? We're roommates. I know you share yes. office suites. We do. You're all to, you're all there on you know see yeah. each other every day. We do. Um, Diane will have in because um, business is a very important part of this city. So of course, you know, I'm definitely going to have Diane come in. But in fact, she is coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you work closely together? We do. Um, we have a couple. Of, the Rancho Cordova Luncheon and State of the City. We actually are co co you know presenters. co presenters. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but beyond that, I mean, many people, when a new business opens, they want to do something in the community. But, you know, the first place I take them is to the chamber. First, yeah. you should become a chamber member right. because they're they're the, there to represent the interests of business. And then, you know, we're here to provide a great place for your employees to live, your customers. So, yeah, we are very, we work very closely together. And that's the way sh- every yeah. city should work. Um, we had Cyrus Abah here, city manager. Mm-hmm. It was our first episode. And he had some, uh, um, you've listened, but he had some very nice things to say about you. On air and off air. Um, He was very complimentary. How helpful is the city to you? Oh, well, we are um, 
we make the claim, though it might not be true, that we're the city's favorite nonprofit right. because we you probably we, are. We, uh, in a way, we we certainly strive to be yeah. because uh, well, they like to be known as the city of events, right? Yes, so exactly. Between you and Mark Zaposnik, mm-hmm. you're right. It. Yeah, yeah, right. And not only that, keep in mind that the Cordova Community Council and the Chamber gave birth to this city. Right. I mean, um, if the first five city council members, four of them were past presidents of the Cordova Community Council. I mean, that's how close the relationship is. To have the city now to have this organization that can help us, you know, we are so blessed that we don't have to worry about having to meet a a monthly rent bill somewhere because uh, the idea is to free energy to do what you do best. So we will give you an office and we will give you some funding and to free that energy, free that creativity to really concentrate on on making this a great and fun place to live. Right. And we've exploded as a as yeah. a result. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is what I'm hoping they're yeah. gonna do with the film side. Sure. You know, free the energy. Mm-hmm. I, I trust me, I relate to that. <laughs> Good. Free yourselves in order to put all that energy into that's right. Achieving the mission. That's right. So on the subject of the city, Cyrus is one of my favorite guys. He's one of the nicest, kindest people. Yes. I've I've met in a long time. Right. And I hear he's leaving. Yes. Uh, just yesterday announced his plans to retire wow. at the end of the year. That's very sad to me. I, Jose told me today, and I was like, no. I shed tears. Yeah, no. It's and uh, I, listen, I am genuinely sad I, that he's leaving. I've gotten to know him, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. very sad. But you know what? Hopefully he's going to good things. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, he's been um, one of our closest allies. And I feel like uh, I've worked really closely with two of the three um, city managers. The first one was a total rock star city manager. He was famous and very... You mean um, literally famous? Yes. He had written a bestseller wow. called uh, Reinventing Government. He was even on like Jay Leno or whoever was before Jay Leno. Anyway, he was he was a rock star. Wow. And um, that was Ted Gabler. And he was the one who who brought me in. Right. And, He's the um, first city manager. Right. And one of the things he had challenged us, me, with, he says, we want to run out there and win that All-America City Award, and it's ridiculous that we could ever do it, but we're so, we're so young, but go after it and help. We we did go after it, and guess what? We won. Twice. So, the, well, fast forward about 10 years later, new city manager in Cyrus Avenue. Right. He says, I think it's time we go and renew our credentials right. as an All-America City. So here you go, Shelly, let's go. And uh, working with him through that process was a treat. Yeah. Um, we And we did win it. Yeah. And we are an All-America City. Yeah. Just to show it wasn't Well, listen, he's been here a long time. He's worked very hard, so. He has. He, he has a he, lot of vision yeah. and um, really... I think uh, I've what I've enjoyed about him most is his, you know, he has that very calm demeanor that when you talk, you know he's listening yeah. to you. And that's really an important trait in a yeah. city manager. But I have a feeling he can also be tough. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I have a feeling. Yes. 
So what's next for Cordova Community Council and the city? What exciting things are you cooking up? Yeah. Well, uh, right now we're we're stirring the pot on the 20th anniversary right. of our city. And I was going. To, my next question is: yeah. Is there any plans yet? Are you oh, still, we're working on some great plans. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because I haven't had a chance to, you know, run it by our city council, right. but I can assure you, Charles, there will be fun trains involved there will be hot air balloons involved wow. there will be Did lots you say of trains trains yeah okay say no more yeah, yeah. um there'll be lots of fireworks some great music because we have a track that runs right through the city yeah. right yeah okay. well these will be street trains yeah. but um the other part of that is let me just clue you on on the theme you'll be one of the first to hear okay. this are you familiar with the movie or the great stage show, The Greatest Showman? Yeah. Uh, everybody. Well, there's a beautiful song in that movie or uh, play that's called A Million Dreams. Okay. And everybody's heard that song. And if you ever have a chance to read the lyrics, the lyrics read like the anthem for the Rancho Cordova City. Wow. So our theme is going to be 20 years and a million dreams. Okay. Because we are a city that was, you really had to imagine mm -hmm. things. Imagine what it would be like to have your own city council. Imagine what it would be like to have your own fire or police, police department. department. Yeah. Um, and that was the theme of the, of the, um, of the whole cityhood drive, just imagine what this would be like. And now, 20 years later, all those million dreams that we had to imagine to become a city have come. So many of them have right. come. Imagine, uh, you know, dreams are something, you know, the sky is the limit, therefore hot air balloons. We will have a beautiful ceremony based around the theme, 20 years, a million dreams. Wow. You're going to love it. Or? Oh, it'll be citywide. Citywide, yeah. yes. And it will, the actual city <clears> anniversary <throat> is July 1, right. 2023. And so naturally, we will take advantage of having 25,000 of our close personal friends right. in Hagen Park for the 4th of July 4th of anyway, right. and a parade already planned. Right. So watch for the Million Dreams okay. Parade. The Million so Dreams Fire Show. Yeah. Everybody stay tuned. Yes, you'll want to be yeah. here for that. Maybe we can talk about that as we get a little closer. Yeah. Well, Shelley, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a delight, honestly. I, I think you have one of the funnest jobs. Before we go, we always end this podcast with a fun, quick, fire round of questions. Uh-oh, okay. So you, you haven't been prepped, so... <laughs> no. Are you ready? So I'm ready. What is one word that best describes you? I'd say energetic. Um, probably is is number one, and um, I think I have um, I have a vivid imagination yeah. of what things could look energetic, like. Energetic. Having known you for the time that I have, I would definitely agree with that one. <laughs> if you can be one person for a day besides yourself, who would it be, and why? Oh boy, uh, that's a tough one. Well. Um, I, I guess I would like to be uh, Lester Holt, uh, who's a Rancho Cordovan, yeah. um, and hosting the uh, uh, evening news wow. yeah. from Rancho Cordova. I think that uh, that would uh, kind of 
satiate my news hound yeah. Uh, yeah. background. But, you know, let's face it, that would be really yeah. fun. Well, listen, Lester Holt is someone that I'm fairly certain I'm going to have here on the phone one day. Yes, I believe um, you, you know, will. I work in the film business, so I know how to get to people through uh-huh. managers and agents, <laughs> and we're working on it. Well, tell him I, that, you know, there's a lady, crazy lady yeah, in Rancho Cordova. Wa- wants to be you that. for a day. I'm going to tell you know what? I am going to tell him that. <laughs> Good. I don't think he'll be here. We'll do it by phone. But <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, negative people who don't. Offer solutions. Good. The, the other one is to a smaller one. Someone just asked me this the other day, and this is how I responded then. I don't like walnuts in my brownies. Right. That's a pet peeve. Yeah. Why ruin a brownie? Right. Um, Cyrus has the same pet peeve as you. Oh. Don't come with me with a problem. Come with a solution. That's right. Yeah. No negativity. Amen, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any hidden talents? Um, no. No? <laughs> I, I would say that... Um, Everything that God gave me to use, I I use to the max. I I really don't think I have no. any. Okay. I use that's what fair. I've Listen, got. That's fair. I don't think I have any hidden talent. So, <laughs> what project are you working on today that you can't stop thinking about? And obviously, oh, I it's think the twentieth anniversary yeah. and and getting over the site the Cyrus Abhar departure because right, right. I'm sure there'll be a party there. <laughs> and the final, which is a very unfair question, and I asked everybody, and it's very unfair in the mm-hmm. position that you're in. But what is your favorite restaurant in Rancho Cordova? Ooh, well, it depends on what the mood is because I right. have favorites around town. But um, if I if I want um, uh, a great dessert or something, I love the the um, flower chips at Casa Ramos. I love the berry pie at Brookfield's and anything on their breakfast menu. But my go-to place when only a burger will do has to be famous burger yeah. and brew. Yeah, I like I think that'd be my number one. Well, Shelley, that's about all we have time for for this week. Okay. We've been speaking with Shelley Blanchard, the executive director of the Cordova Community Council. Shelley, thank you so much for your time and especially thank you for everything that you do to make Rancho Cordova a fun and exciting place and your contribution to making Rancho Cordova the city of events and i very much appreciate your time today well it was really fun thank you for having me well there you have it thank you for listening to the rancho cordova podcast if you enjoyed the show please follow us and leave us a review and be sure to tell your friends also please visit our website at www.ranchocordovapodcast.org and if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes please send us a message via the website. And until next time, this is your host, Charles Lego.